welcome to Psychos. Oh, that was aggressive. I know. I'm feeling it. Have you heard of the Kennedy curse? It has to be spelled with a K also. Am I supposed to say yes or no? You can say anything. I'm genuinely curious if that's a thing that like... Yes, I have. ...was on your radar before you knew I started researching it. Yes. Did you know what it was of? Yes, vaguely. Okay, what happened in your estimation? I know there was some shitty stuff that happened with the daughter that I thought was Rosemary, but it's Rosemary. Is that true? It's Rosemary. Oh, it's Rosemary. Rosemary. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. I can't say it unless it's that. So I know that was, and I know that story and it makes me want to puke. And then I know that um, obviously JFK got shot and then RFK got shot and... There was the plane crash with Kennedy's... But what caused it? I feel like there's... The was... sequence of events. I feel like the, there's some shenanigans with Joe. Joe. The dad. Oh. Or, like, the generation before <laughs> This that. is bad. Real bad. Joe Kennedy. <laughs> exactly. But no, I feel like... Because, well, the brothers, too. Fucking Chappaquiddick and shit. Yeah, I'm, oh. not, I'm not sure where it starts. There's probably someone was a Salem witch. In, oh, yes! Oh. They are in the fucking Massachusetts, right? That's Don't they start there or something? In Hyannisport. Yeah. It, so, yes. So, my thought was like, oh my god, all these terrible things are happening. There's like a judge that put a witch to death and she cursed him. Who cursed them? What is this of? What is it of? So, Sister Mary Clarence. It was Sister Mary Clarence. Problem solved. Again, episode over. Hail you are so good at this. Queen and it's from Sister Act. Ah, uh, yes. And so Sister Mary I Clarence don't know is. the song that she sings. Oh, I know. That all of she them. doesn't really sing, it turns out. It wasn't her voice. Oh, I know. But don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Like the same thing when the voice of Ariel is not really the singing voice of Ariel. When everybody thought that Jonathan Taylor Thomas was singing I Can't Wait to be King when he absolutely was not. He was doing the slide down the elephant's up. Uh, that is him. I thought I thought you meant like the actor was actually like slid down. Oh, he has famously also slid down several He needed to know what the sound would actually sound like. That's accurate. He, no, I think somebody just ran actor. their finger down his spine. He was like 11. <laughs> his little mushroom cut. <laughs> um, nobody has a great answer for like where this started, but... I think they saw a sequence of horrid events and they were like, well, that family's cursed. And then that just like sort of stuck. I have a few potential answers, however. So (laughs) the oldest child of Joe and Rose, Joe is the the dad of all this, Mm -hmm. of the family tree, was Joe Jr. And he was being groomed to run for president, but he was killed in action in World War II. So Mm -hmm. he never got the opportunity. Oh yeah, I knew that too. As a result, all of those weighty expectations fall to their second born John who you know is JFK who they call Jack why I don't know like Jack is a man's name there is no fewer letters right sorry is that what you're saying yes they're (laughs) the same length you're not shortening anything Mm -mm. I remember being younger and hearing John Kennedy and Jack Kennedy and thinking they were different and for a very rational reason but I can get on. I can even get on board with like Richard and Dick. Like, yes, I sure. It's like, a form of the word. Like I actually, I think I re- I googled like why that's a thing, why John and Jack are whatever, and like, there was some sort of rationale. I can't remember, but the I rationale still think is it's because dumb. in the census, when it was handwritten, John and Jack would be because you're writing like thousands of names a day, and they would be like because all cursive also, which is a terrible idea. Everyone knows if you're taking records, you should do it in block capital letters. Hello. Print. Mm. 
Parental research. Then sign. So it looked like J-O-H-N. That's the best I can come up with. My grandfather's name was Jack, so I was like, oh, is his real name John? It is not. It was just Jack, because just Jack. that's an actual name. Um, John also, John Jack was also almost killed in World War II. Yeah, he did a whole thing. He swam and saved some fucking people, and that's why he's got a bad back. Yeah, he was a war hero. So he does survive to become president. I read president. a book about him. Part of his assassination, as you mentioned. So that seems to be the start of the bad events. The, the killing of the first son, who this family had anticipated to be in line for the presidency, was the first in their bit of bad luck. But the curse people are putting back to Tecumseh's curse, also called the curse of Tippecanoe. Oh yeah, why do I know that? Tippecanoe and Tyler too, we'll get there. So in 1809, there is a dispute between William Henry Harrison and Tecumseh, who's the Shawnee indigenous leader. Harrison at the time is the governor of the Indiana Territory. Remember learning about the territories like <laughs> in like a little middle school? Even though you didn't know Triangle Shirtwaist? Never heard of it. <laughs> oh, but people are going to be so mad. That was like seventh grade was like Triangle Shirtwaist was a staple then in cultural mm. diversity. <laughs> I 100% never learned it. 100%. Because I it would have... The school jogged. system has failed you. I went to school in the city. Mm-hmm. I feel like that more than anything you should know Triangle Shirtwaist. No? Mm-hmm. Like, get yourself a job. But not on the third floor. I know the about thing. about roundhouses and the Iroquois show on and the, the Iroquois. And there are different types of homes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we had to build one out of sticks. That was real weird. Thank God I had a giant ass tree in my backyard. So Harrison is the governor of this Indiana territory, and he talks to the Shawnee, where he negotiates a treaty. That's not a fair thing in any situation, but the indigenous peoples have their own language. So when you're talking to them. In a language that is their second language, arguably not fair footing anyway. So the Shawnee in this agreement cede tons of their land to the U.S. government, but also there is scant information on what was promised to them. And I'm sure whatever it was was not delivered, like famously all that has happened to indigenous peoples. So Tecumseh and his brother are obviously livid. Like they, they might not have English as their first language, but like, they are intelligent human beings, and they're not happy with this. So they feel that the negotiating tactic, tactics specifically were unfair, pointing all the blame on Harrison. Like, you were the negotiator. You fucked this up. You didn't give us an opportunity to be on level ground, and now you're taking everything from us. So they organize a group of their local tribes to attack Harrison's army, and this is the Battle of Tippecanoe. Then during the world, the world, the world of 1812, Hmm. which is also the war of 1812, it didn't happen in 1812, it's fine. Harrison continues with these like anti-indigenous sentiments, which is like, is he the trail of tears? Bitch, he's dead before he could even do anything in presidency. So, so he's not the trail of tears. So, no, we'll get there. Give me a second. So he runs on a platform of anti-indigenous sentiment, kind of. And people are like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, People have invaded your land. Of course you're angry. Of course you're killing them. Of course you're defensive. Like, what the fuck? That's not even a real thing. But people feel scared, and they are happy to have a leader who expresses strength in a time when they're scared. So they, um, Harrison and his army, are defeating the British because the British are helping the indigenous tribes because that helps them, like, don't give these people extra land. Don't give them the feeling that they have rights. Because we're pissed. Mm-hmm. And so... Alexander Hamilton. 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 So, wait, 
Also, Lafayette. So, <laughs> Hercules Money. Oh, so good. <laughs> and then he is like a tiny little skinny little Ichabod Crane white guy, and that cracks me up because now I'm picturing him as this like bear, like ready to go to yeah. war for you. No, not this, not the thing. Well, your name's fucking Hercules. What do you expect? <laughs> Hercules Mulligan. Yeah, exactly. Um, during this war, Harrison's defeating the British and defeating the tribes. It's the Battle of Thames, doesn't matter. This leads to a loss of more land as a result of that battle. So now the Shawnee are like losing everything, and even their allies are unable to protect them, so it's like extra crazy. Tecumseh's brother, I'm going to mispronounce it, and I, now I feel really bad, but it's like Tenskwatawa. It sounds good. He was known as the Prophet, and he places a curse on all future presidents elected in years ending zero. That's all hearsay, and it seems real specific. Hmm. So, what? <laughs> Why? Why not just all of them ever? Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It literally makes no sense. And also, like, yeah. Well, yeah. I agree with you. You have a right to be... Oh, 1960? Questioning. So, Harrison dies of severe pneumonia 30 days after his inauguration. He's the guy who gives this lengthy speech in the middle of a rainstorm for oh, his inaugural so address. And yeah, and he gets sick. He gets a cold. The cold develops into pneumonia, and his death is the first in this what series year was he slash pattern. He was elected in... Oh, maybe I don't have him in here. I'm sorry. So it must have been at some point before 1860. It, it ended in zero in any event. Well, that's what I mean, too. Harrison <clears throat> elected. By... What's... He was elected. Oh, he was in office March 4th, 1841 to April. So, so 1840 elected in 1840. Fair. So other... He was the first in a series slash pattern that becomes known as Tecumseh's Curse and the Curse of Tippecanoe. So probably he died. And people who were... I was going to use the word sympathetic and then I chose the word aware. So people who were aware of the way he treated the Shawnee people were like, well, serves you right. And that probably became a narrative. And then when it happened again in 1860 with Abraham Lincoln's death, they were like, oh, so he was elected. And they go, that's right, Abraham Lincoln got killed because of that dick. <laughs> James Garfield, also assassinated, and um, elected in 1880, shot 7-2. Um, he died 9-19. William McKinley, elected in 1900, assassinated, shot September 6th, died September 14th. His death story is it happened here, right? It happened in Buffalo, and he would have been presided over by Roswell Park, mm. but Roswell was in another city, like Chicago, I want to say, and the train was so insane because of the Pan Am convention, he couldn't get back in mm -hmm. time, and so he actually, um, McKinley ended up dying of like um, uh, complications secondary to the wound. He wouldn't have died from the bullet. So like the, sepsis or something? The inept doctors had tried to do a surgery mm -hmm. that pushed the bullet further into, I feel like, his liver. Yes. And he went septic. So it's like, yeah, his his death story is a lot. Mm. Um, his autopsy is readily available, and it chronicles the entire time between the shooting and the death. So just mm. in case you're looking for some light reading. Always. Warren Harding, elected 1920, dies of a stroke. Franklin Roosevelt, his third term, because he's the one that got elected a bunch, mm -hmm. but his third term, he was elected in 1940, and he dies of a cerebral hemorrhage. And then John F. Kennedy famously... But he did four terms. Didn't he? Mm-mm. He did, didn't he? No, he did two, and then he did his third, and then he died. 
or his third, maybe his third term, he was elected in a year that ends in zero. The point of the thing is you're seeing questions in this pattern and that's right and reasonable. John F. Kennedy elected 1960, famously assassinated. On March 30th, 1981, John Hinckley tries to assassinate Reagan, who was elected in 1980. But the president recovers thanks to quick medical attention, and that, to some, is an indication that the curse has been foiled. Like, that is the end of the curse because he didn't die. Or because of medical, Uh, like, advancements. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I would like to talk to you about briefly is apophenia. That is the human tendency to see meaningful connections where none otherwise exist. We, our brain tries really hard to make patterns and like, like logical when we see sense. faces and yes. shit. Yes, and when you see patterns in the clouds, like those are all specific types of apophenia. But like that's the phrase for like trying desperately to make connections where there aren't any. It was first coined by Klaus Conrad in 1958, and he was trying to describe people um, in the early stages of schizophrenia where they're having like hallucinations. And they're trying to make some sense of that because that, I mean, I get that trying to like take your hallucination and make it fit into what you're really like, you have a reality perception, then you've got that and your brain's probably trying to incorporate that into your daily life. Um, So he was working on that, not trying to describe how people like decide that some arbitrary curse with the election years of zero. So there's four different types. The first type is a pareidolia. That's usually visual stimuli, so seeing faces in places that you're talking about, and then also, like, things in the clouds. Virgin Mary on burnt toast, I'm mm. looking at you. Jesus on a grilled cheese. <laughs> it's specific. Jesus! Exactly. It's specific to visual stimuli, though, where apophenia can be anything, auditory, like, literally anything. The second type is a gambler's fallacy. So this is when we're seeing patterns or meaning in some random bunch of numbers, mm. and then go on to interpret that that pattern or that range of numbers must mean we're about to win. Like when people play roulette and they're like, it's been black five times, it's for sure going to be red now. Do you know? Yes, exactly. Do you, and that like, it still has a 50-50 chance. The chances don't go down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, do you know that one of the, I don't know, I was 16, whatever grade that is, 10th grade, I knew somebody who played Russian roulette and died. Hmm. The fuck? psychopath like someone's gonna die if you play that game enough there's a bullet in the chamber it's gonna someone's gonna die you know what i mean like that's very dangerous Hmm. um in the gambler's fallacy i also think things like oh i've paid um i bought a lottery ticket every week and i've never won so the next week it's gonna happen this is also the reason that people stay at a slot machine like oh i almost got it if i get up now the next guy's gonna win and i don't want them to get my thing so like all, all untrue. That's random. Random is the name of the game here. The third is a clustering illusion. And this probably happens to me and I feel really bad about it. It's when people, humans, are looking at like large sets of data and they see patterns, but the patterns aren't meaningful. Like you can, like when people are like, oh, you can make anything say whatever you want with statistics. Like that's kind of what this is. Like mm-hmm. you just, if the data set is large enough, there's bound to be some you could make some argument for a pattern, even when the reality is that the data is absolutely randomly generated. So that sucks. And now I have to be more aware of that. <laughs> the fourth type is confirmation bias. And here's when a person tests a hypothesis going in with the assumption that what they think is true. And it um, leads to overemphasizing information that comes in that is in line with our view and de-emphasizing or throwing away or even almost... So the most extreme, ignoring information that disagrees with them. So it's when we're making an evaluation of the validity of some information, 
if we already think what we think without being open to other ideas, we go into it like, oh. Looking for the things that confirm. Yeah. And then if you have. Which is historically a problem these days. Absolutely. And if you have something that says otherwise, like, here's a weird example that I think can be parsed apart from politics because that was like the easiest reach. Mm Um, there was recently a TikTok trend that showed that a chick who had recently, recently in air quotes, received a COVID vaccine was magnetic. And the picture is, first of all, it's 85 fucking degrees outside. Yeah, I'm magnetic too. Shit's sticking to me like crazy. But they put uh, one of those little circle magnets you might have on like a dry erase board. They put it on like her back arm and it's stuck there. And they were like, oh my God, look at this. Like that could have had glue on it, could have had tack on it. She could have been sweaty. Could have been a multitude of things. Maybe she's taken some medication. There are certain dyes that they use for MRI imaging that will make you magnetic, like for a limited period of time, limitedly magnetic for a limited period of time. Whatever. So there's no other information. But people who don't like the vaccine or don't feel that it's safe or need proof mm-hmm. that it's dangerous, take that and they're like, oh my god, there look at this. Mm-hmm. And so somebody went into like a. I don't remember if it was a local court, whatever it was, it was like a, a hearing or um, a town meeting of sorts. I don't remember if it was on a state or a local level, but regardless, she goes up there and she's like, I had the COVID vaccine and look now, I'm magnetic. And she places one of those and it falls immediately into her brassiere because it doesn't do what these people on TikTok are saying that it does. And everybody was like, well, that was a fluke. That wasn't a fluke. Yeah, I've had it. I'm not magnetic, you know, like. Which it was. I mean, if we were all fucking magnetic, if we got vaccinated, we'd all be sticking to each other. Or repelling furiously. Yeah. Can you imagine? You're trying to get into a new relationship and you're like, your left arm goes flying. I mean, sounds about right. But like that's, mm-hmm. that is all confirmation bias. And I think that in itself probably deserves a whole separate mm-hmm. episode. I like paradelias as well. Those are things like, people see these patterns all the time. Like, I only ever look at the clock at 11, 11. And like, no, you fucking don't. You looked at it 4,000 other times. But you only registered it when yes. it was important. and partially that's confirmation bias. So, like, I think that's super interesting. Also, you recently bought a Rorschach necklace, and that's part of this. So that test was designed with this knowledge in mind. Like, people are going to look for patterns that express their inner thoughts. And so you maybe could get some information about what they are used to seeing because our brains are going to default to things that we are presented with frequently that's why we see faces so often and then things that are important to us also faces but then things that like when people see a pelvis and mm. other people see wily e. coyote <laughs> but you know what's crazy about the Rorschach that i didn't know for a long time part of the way they like score it and interpret it is if the person used the white space to say what they yes. saw or the actual ink blot like i i'm never looking at the white space mm-hmm. and i feel like it's abnormal like if people use the white space that's like an alert or something but it's fascinating i think you might be more than you think because you've interpreted that pelvis as eyes that white space as eyes where i interpreted it as a missing bit of bone do you know Mm. what i mean yeah i guess i'm thinking like the outside of like the whole of the white space Mm -hmm. and not how it interacts with the that's fair you know i I have actually two of those books and i realize i might have brought one home for you (laughs) so i'll i'll give it to you yes please do please do so how do we avoid falling prey to apophenia? First thing, which you were doing in all the beginning of my speech, be a skeptic. When you hear something, question it. Maybe you're wrong, but who cares? At least you had the thought of like, well, that sounds weird. 
And I will say that to any student at any grade level, if something sounds weird, you're not stupid. It's probably presented wrong or it's being, God knows if it's a history class, it's being whitewashed the house mm-hmm. down. So like, or make, you just need more information. Yeah. Like ask those questions because if it doesn't sound right, it might not be right. Learn to recognize your own biases. So if you feel strongly like something is true, this is what I'm trying to do when I read like research papers. Like I really want this theory to fit, but if it doesn't, it just doesn't. Like I shouldn't pick apart, like cherry pick information that fits what I believe to support my idea because then my idea is not good. And I'm And when it doesn't work, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm furthering bad research. And then analyze your own assumptions. So like before you go into something, what are you thinking about this thing? Where do you fall on this spectrum? And then what information have you, wasn't provided that you filled in the gaps? And then did you do that right? Because like maybe you did it. With all that in mind, I will close the beginning section here with some reasons to come to curse is an unlikely thing. One, every president after Reagan has been subject to some form of assassination attempt. So it seems like after 1980, we just got better at protecting our presidents and we got better at medicine, like you said. Um, Biden was elected in 2020. People are like, oh, he's going to die. Maybe, but he's also 77 or something. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, like... Doesn't count. Right. What about the other election years ending in zero? Crickets. Yeah. (laughs) And then also, how do you explain the other Kennedy deaths? It wasn't just one president whose election year ended in a zero. Shit's crazy. Yeah. And so I'm going to walk you through all of the Kennedy mishaps. And you let me know if you think it's Tecumseh's curse or do you think people are finding patterns or if you think something more nefarious might be going on. We're back from Species Spicy. It was delicious. It really was. <clears throat> I ate it so fast, I'm shocked. I'm usually the slower eater of the bunch. <laughs> so <clears throat> this is a whole lot of info coming at you. Did you <laughs> probably I put this on the podcast before because it's one of my favorite things ever to say. It's from the musical Hairspray, which I've been listening to on Spotify nonstop. You but must it's... have because you were singing the bells or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I can hear the bells. So, because you said yeah, like ton of bricks. Um, I prefer the movie Hairspray. I'm not <clears> as familiar with the. I have seen the movie Hairspray, but it is devastating. Whereas the musical. With oh, because you know it doesn't tackle the racism as seriously? Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't make me feel as much as I want to crawl out my it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and also the musical performances are better, I think, in the newer version. So, um... You're going to say something you've been saying from Hairspray. Yeah, it's a whole lot of crazy coming at you from a never-ending parade of stupid. <laughs> then that's how I feel like this is going to end that's up. That's the title of our joint autobiography. <laughs> Because we are a never-ending parade of stupid. I said we take a couple of weeks off sometimes, unexpectedly, following sperm. You know what? We fell, the, the train fell off the tracks is what it is. <laughs> exactly. Train wreck. Ugh. Well, exactly. I can't do it. It's like I don't want to raise my voice so loud. It's like I don't want to be loud. No, that was weird. I'm sorry. Let me transport you back to 1941. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. This is the Rosemary story. <laughs> so People, like, fucking buckle up. This is wild. This is wild. And the one particular part I am talking about is outrageous. So that's kind of the 1941 bit of it. But the beginning of the story actually is in like 1918. 
which we've heard a lot about during the coronavirus pandemic because that was the outbreak of the Spanish flu. Uh, it's also the height of World War One. Lots of people Wait, are dying. Is 1918 when she was born? Uh, 1918 when she was born, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm so sorry. Not the later oh. bullshit. Her birth story. The whole, the birth and everything in between is insane. So, you can imagine, as we've lived through the pandemic, like, what that kind of looked like without all of the restrictions that we had. Like, we had capacity restrictions in hospitals that didn't really exist then. People are flooding in. They all wanted to be with their sick loved ones. Doctors were, like, all crazy. <laughs> She was like, okay, I'm headed home. Do you need anything? I was like, no, I'm at ambulance. He goes, oh, okay, sorry. Say say who? <laughs> Which I think is hi. Who? Who? Shrun says who? Who, Shrun? So the... You're like, yeah, bitch, I need the car. Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're in Boston, which is a major city. So even more people. They're about Boston. So <laughs> The Kennedys. So tons of people... <laughs> are flooding these hospitals. Everybody needs help. The Kennedys, obviously a wealthy family, have a physician, a family physician. But the family physician has other job duties. Like, sorry, I'm just not at your beck and call every second. So and fucking Yeah. Is it Pan or Echo? Um, the, ooh, that's a good point. Because it was Spanish flu and in the United States, I'm assuming Pan. Unless they're racist. Hmm. I'll Google. Continue. Okay. So... <laughs> Pan or Epi? <laughs> So the family physician can't get to the house immediately, um, but they, he has been called, he's been summoned to deliver their child, the Kennedy's child. The attending nurse is totally capable of delivering a child, but she's decided It was that a pandemic. She makes sense. She's decided that she doesn't care to. So the attending nurse is like, what if, hear me out, you just cross your legs until the physician can get here? Um, so she tells Rose, the mother, to keep her legs closed until the doctor comes. Of course that doesn't work. Like, the baby's coming. Here come hell or high water. Here it comes. It makes me so angry. The nurse decides, I'm not dealing with this shit, and pushes the baby's head back into the birth canal, where she proceeds to hold it for two hours. Two hours! Just let the baby fly out on its own! It feels like that would have been easier. I what? am appalled. And if it's, like, a matter of not wanting to be... Like, not wanting to see... like So now your hand is in a bloody vagina for two hours. That feels grosser to me than just letting the baby come naturally. Like, I don't get it. I don't yeah, understand Yeah, like, what it. her rationale... Like, yeah. you're an awful fucking person. Like, because you, you, you have, have... You're a nurse. You know that that's not okay. That's not good. And in my mind, she had two viable options. One was to intervene and do her goddamn job. And the second was to do nothing and allow it to happen naturally. Never... In a trillion years, would I think, Could you, well, I gotta push this shit back in there. And, like, it, what I don't understand is, where was everybody else? And this this is the Kennedys. And you're just like, rich people be all up in the shit. And, like, don't I do that. I have to imagine not men okay. didn't want anything to do with it, so they were probably... Well, where's your mom? Who knows? Oh, no, her mom's giving birth. Jesus Christ. But why is Well, like, the, I thought you meant the mom's mom. I don't yeah. know. But why is she not... Like, why... I would never allow that. Even in my panicked brain, like my panicked brain would run out of the room. Like if I wasn't ready for birth, and she was, she was fully trained. But like if I wasn't ready to exactly to see birth stuffs, I would just leave. I would be like, I'm sorry. I would fake fainting 
fake vomit or something, I would never in a million years think to jam a baby's head back into a birth canal. And like the pain that must have caused the mother as well. Like I like I will I heard that and I I will never get over that. I will never it makes me sad and I wanna puke. Yeah. And she should have been like drawn and quartered for doing that. Like you And like what is her name? Can we call her out by name? Because I don't have it, but my God. Cunt bag McGee, for well, sure. Well, that was what I was thinking. Yeah. It has to be. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, God. <laughs> fuck. Okay. The effects of this are not readily apparent because babies just baby. Don't do any fucking shit. Not them. a lot of information mm-hmm. there. Um, but as Rosemary grows older, all of her infant milestones are delayed. So she's not talking at the right time. She's not crawling. She's not cooing. She's not crying. So some of the things that you'd expect from babies, like that awareness of their environment, you don't see those things. And as she gets even older, her scholastic performance is also impacted. So Joe and Rose, the parents, are like, absolutely not. No child of mine will have these, uh, what's I'm looking for? Like setbacks, like in, I was going to say inhibitions, but that's not right. Like, oh, it's fine. I will never Development the <laughs> Yeah, so the no child of mine is basically what these rich ass Where the say. fuck were you when she was giving birth? I'm sure having cigars with the boys. Like, that's what I picture. Like, on a yacht. <sighs> both of their families were high achievers, physically and academically, and so they placed a really great deal of importance on that because they had, like, risen themselves up. So in their mind, it was like, nothing's gonna pull us down, and all the kids have to live up to our standard and if they don't, like, that's unacceptable and blah, blah, blah. Super healthy. Lots of pressure. The parents also believed that Rosemary could be cured, based on nothing, as far as I can tell, if they held her to the same standard that they held her siblings. So they had nine kids all together, and they were like, well, everyone else is doing fine if you just tried harder. So, like, they're not fine. enabling Correct. her to, yeah. <clears throat> sure. And by, oh, well, so, yes, they're not enabling her. They do hire special tutors, so they, they do throw their money around a little bit to, like, help bring her to a standard but doesn't raise eyebrows in the community like oh you have a child who's living with disabilities it's like oh of course you want her to succeed so you've got to you want her. to get her in the best colleges. exactly so it's not like whatever um so she's given special education which i think is a good thing um but she's also given experimental injections during this time because the kennedys are desperate to not appear like they have any kind of what I'm going to use in air quotes as a, a weakness. Like they don't want the family that there's no chinks in that Kennedy armor. Like everything's perfect all of the time. And what what is wrong with being like, this fucking happened to me. I was trying to give birth and would have been better off without this bitch. I would have kicked the nurse by the Thank way. Thank you. Like there's no way I would have just laid there for two oh hours. Oh my God. Get, and how strong is this woman? Jessica, get your hand out of my vagina. It's coming. Oh my God. I would be pushing. I'd make her fucking work for it. Like get the, Oh my god! I you. I hope that she was like unconscious or like all oh, like yeah, she drugged may have been out given. and like whatever. But, but like, uterine contractions arguably could crush it. Like right? Like they should have. I mean, people hand have out. babies. They don't know they're pregnant. It mm-hmm. eventually happens. So if you would have just let it go, even if you were like squeamish about the umbilical cord, like that, I can't die imagine. Off, like. I can't imagine a nurse being like, I, I'm not going to deal with that. I literally can't. have no idea. And there have been nine children already. Surely she was present for one of the other births. Oh, God. I can't. It makes me so angry. Despite, <sighs> the, 
Despite the special education, and perhaps because of the experimental injections... We don't know what they were of. No. Um, shockingly, there's not a lot of uh, documentation there. Go figure. Rosemary never advances um, intellectually past fifth grade. So... Here's some background in the time period. We, I love to be in like that return of the century today. So, a couple of things. In the early 20th century, elites are in love with the idea of eugenics, which opens a lot of doors for Hitler later, but mm-hmm. we will discuss we've, that we've later. We've mentioned that bits and pieces uh, we, Yeah, drips and drabs. Drips and drabs of the hits. So, of the hits. <laughs> we have definitely covered it at least in the intelligence, which I think is like the intelligence episode, which I think has like applicability here. So the idea with eugenics is that people who are less desirable are less desirable because of some genetic defect. So like if you not know, that they weren't allowed to breathe for two hours. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That'll so be. if she's fucked, it's because they have bad genes. And also can we just the pressure nurse. on a baby's skull, which is not fully formed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm sure she wasn't, like, purposefully holding the shoulders. Uh-huh. Surely she was just, like, jamming the skull. Because when you crown, right, that's your head. Uh-huh. Like, and you got okay. a soft spot the whole Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it was just, like, of course it's, like, drowning for two hours. But also, like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, sorry. So, um. I just want to punch a wall. Oh, my God. So ridiculous. And I just feel like there were so many. You, she must have been drugged. You're right. Like, I just don't think that there's any way physically you could have endured that. And not... Freaked out. And not freaked out. I don't know. Um, the idea... Of and why was she in a room with just one nurse? Where is anybody else? It, well, it probably was... I mean, it's like very prudish time. It was probably like, oh, my decency and I only want But also, want like, person. you're rich as fuck and you need someone to, like, wipe your ass for you oh so you God. don't have at least a second person. If she was passed out also, it would make sense that... It doesn't... Nothing of this makes sense, but it would make... I can put together how the nurse would not want to be alone with the baby. Like, at least, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it at least gives, because really all you had to do was let it happen naturally and hand it to the mother and be done. Like, or not, like, just let the mother grab it from her crotch. Like, that would have been also fine. I don't know. Didn't one of the Kardashians pull their own baby out of their vagina? So. so, like, it's... Or, like, Snooki or somebody. Someone did. Like, it's been done. Eugenics also is oh, this... maybe it was Courtney Kardashian. Yeah, I feel like it was the Kardashians. I don't know why I had that in my head. Um... But the idea of eugenics also is that people who are in this less desirable, this imperfect category, should not be the allowed to breed. The exactly. to go back to the caste system. Mm. I say go back like we've ever talked about it, but we did talk about it in like ninth grade. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going back there. When I, when I reflect upon India's social structure, I'm reminded... The serfs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Catholic Church at the time also... Libyans. Uh, refuses communion and confirmation, those two words that you might know if you're a mini-pope, um, to the disabled. So if you had any disability whatsoever, mental or physical, oh, wow. you were not allowed to um, take communion. So and, according to their belief, are they allowed to be baptized? According to Well, she, you. they probably didn't know that she was, they probably did baptize her because it didn't show. They did baptize her. And she, I will say, was lovely. Like, a, a bright, shining star, beautiful smile, was a charmer. Like, everybody she spoke to loved her. She en- ends up meeting, like, the royal family. They're in love with her. The paparazzi in England prefers her to her sister. Like, they're following her all over the place. She's charming men. She's, like, a lovely person. Just totally lovely, full of joy individual. Um, so I would imagine that because socially she was so charming, the Catholic Church never questioned it. And the Kennedys, of course... Well, they baptize as a baby. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't know that well, she had... 
Yes, true. But, so she did get communion. Is communion and confirmation are the two things. Not the baptism that's... Well, I guess probably... If but wait, know. she did get them or she didn't? She did. Okay. But, but she wouldn't have if they knew. And the Catholic, because the Catholic Church was such a large figure in the Kennedy family, it was really important that they hide it, is kind of where I was headed oh, with that. I thought you were saying she wasn't going to get it, so that's why I went right to baptism, because like if... You're Catholic and you're not baptized. You're just automatically like going to hell when you die. Oh, I mean, I would imagine if somebody were like born without a leg or like Oscar Pistorius with the deformations, I would imagine that you wouldn't be baptized in this old tiny version of the church because like you're undesirable. So you're just like, oh, you're undesirable, and you're just we're just sentencing. You Maybe that's why everybody wears a dress at their baptism. Like cover it, cover it, everything, cover everything. <laughs> oh my god, he's got all of his limbs. <laughs> yeah, everything's present. Give me Mind my your oil. Business. <laughs> Worry about yourself. You drive! The parents' fingers are sticking out of the dress. Yeah, that's toes. It's all toes. Everything's toes. (laughs) (laughs) Totally toes. Don't keep looking. (laughs) Put the oil on. Good day, sir. Put the oil on. Right? It's oil on. No, it's holy water. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) I'm a mini pope. You are a mini pope. Used to be a mini pope. As you know, I. Well, half of a mini pope. I'm like a extra mini pope Mm. because I never got confirmed. And I didn't actually, like, I went to, like, a religious class, but I didn't go to, like, a religious school. Oh, I see. And I don't remember. I remember I sang in the choir for Christmas. I feel like you're more a mini cardinal at that point. I would prefer that. You actually. can't really ascend to the I'm throne, Richelieu but... for days. Mm. Oh, stop. We should do an episode on him. So, I'm going to use the word idiotically here. The Kennedys, idiotically, believed that if people found out about Rosemary's condition that the Kennedy family, the parents especially, would be blamed for passing on the bad gene to this child. And in addition, the church is going to shun their child, and then the family might be shunned because all these, like, insane beliefs. Yes. Can't have that. Can't have it. So obviously the Kennedys send Rosemary to a bunch of schools. The parents try to hide her condition. Rosemary's also in her growing state like everyone goes through like an antsy phase when they're teenagers and she's like i can't please my parents what the fuck is wrong with me like i'm trying so hard and then nothing i do is good enough but of course like confirmation bias as well the parents are going in with the belief that she's unable so nothing that she's doing even if she's doing it perfectly is ever going to be perceived as because she's not doing it at the age that she should be doing right she's doing it good at fifth grade right but like so what like she's still celebrating what she got yeah Yeah, exactly so i fucking hate people she um is writing letters like so you can see some of the her frustration because she's writing letters back home when she's at these schools to like her parents or her friends and she's like I just can't please dad and I don't know like I, just, I, I can't figure out what to do and like think about your own mentality when you're in fifth grade it's fairly advanced like that's not a second grade you yeah. know what I mean like you you've you know. got an awareness and that just is heartbreaking so, Did she know she was kept in the vagina for two hours? Like, I don't believe so. I don't know how that conversation would come up. But so that's what I think the mother knew, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. and the father knew. So why I, I are would you argue not. assuming it's genetics? I might say no. I might say no. And I wonder if there was like another witness who would have been like a nurse's aide or something who was not fit to deliver a baby, but was like watching the situation that reported it later. Because I can't imagine that if the parents knew, they wouldn't have immediately sued this woman. They were rich as hell. Like, unless you just wanted it to not look like she was. Yeah. I mean, because it clearly is not your fault. Unless the eugenics argument was so strong, like the fever was so at a pitch that you were like, I can't, they're not going to believe any of that, you know? 
But also who gives a fuck what the public thinks? Thank you. What? Who gives a fuck? Thank you. So, as mentioned, Rosemary is social. She's wonderful. She loves fashion and she loves swimming. She enjoys a night out on the town. Um, her older brothers, Joe Jr. and John, take her to dances and they waltz with her. They buy her punch. So she doesn't look different. She's not like, oh, nobody's dancing with this poor lonely girl. And she's like seen as super sociable. Joe Jr. does love his sister, but then in 1934, he's the one who died in World mm-hmm. War. Um, so in 1934, he goes on a trip, and he gets radicalized towards this idea of, like, undesirables. He writes to his father, Hitler has passed the sterilization law, which I think is a great thing. I don't know how the church feels about it, but it will do away with many of the disgusting specimens of men which inhabit this earth. His father writes back, I think your conclusions are very sound. And I imagine some other, like, bullshit, but, like, those are the highlights from that real and the fuck like that to me is crazy because you know that your sister is differently abled and you're just like oh but also like as catholics aren't supposed to use condoms mm-hmm. and if you're devout catholic when he's just like casually i don't know what the church the church i know but although the fucking church won't fucking let mm-hmm. the undesirables yeah fuck i I hate every (laughs) fucking person nobody is good and this is why i live in perpetual anger can we for one second also this is just the first kennedy story (laughs) this one i think cuts me the deepest because it's like she's to me very clearly innocent like just oh my god there's nothing bad that she does ever some of the other ones like questionable ass or just outright, very clear, you're an awful person. Mm-hmm. But fuck that bitch. Girl, I just want to give her a hug. So then, in 1938, Franklin Delano Roosevelt appoints Joe Sr. Delano? Exactly. <laughs> Adore Delano Roosevelt. <laughs> um, appoints Joe Sr. as the ambassador to the UK. So the family moves to England. And Almost, I think I I watched a miniseries about this, the one where Katie Holmes is in it and she plays hmm. Jackie. That's why all this is like oh, ringing all my too. bells. Ring a ding ding. Also, Cranberry. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. The family take Rosemary, and then she has a younger sister, Kathleen. Which I will say, I will say, if I had a scenario where there was gross medical malpractice, that would be my final child. I don't trust anyone, and you're in the most vulnerable. Like, what the fuck are you gonna do? You're in excruciating pain, I imagine. And like, ugh. like that. That to me, I want all the trained ass, the most trained ass professionals do take care of it, cut it out, get it, whatever you gotta do. And you're like, oh, you know what? She did. Now, Jean did hold that baby in my vagina, but I, we should have another child because Catholic. Ugh. They're supposed to have so many kids and they can't use contraception. Uh, So the family is in the UK now. And as I'd mentioned, they go to like a debutante ball and everyone in the press and the royal family is like, oh my God, Rosemary's wonderful. We can't wait to hook her up with somebody in our royal families. It's going to be such a merger. And she's so wonderful. And all the while, like her younger sister, who is normally functioning, is like getting no attention whatsoever because she's probably wretched. Like you're the 10th fucking child, you know? But whatever. So she's she's not the tenth child, but like you you long down that list and nobody gives a shit about you, and that must be a shitty feeling. But like I sort of love for Rosemary that she got all this attention. It was mm-hmm. like so as she's in the UK, she's also been sent to the Montessori school. That's like a thing, right? That like there's a Montessori school. It's like here. it's like 
it's not special education, but it's like specialized education, right? Where you can like, I don't know, honestly. I think it might be like for the arts, like a specialized thing, but the Montessori school gives her, or like maybe it's the Montessori method of teaching. But anyways, it gives her like this confidence boost. It's like a reassuring environment and it gets her to like come off her shell and she's feeling great. She's making a ton of progress. Her father even reported back that she's happier and looks better than she ever did in her whole life. And there's this picture of her looking like Amelia Earhart out in the grounds of the school. And she's just, like, so pretty and happy. And, like, it, ugh, all of it wants, makes me want to die because I know the end of the story. The father also says that she's not in the slightest bit lonesome, which is probably, like, thank God I'm away from you and your constant demands like that I'm asshole. better. Yeah, exactly. Then goddamn World War II happens, and Germany is real close to England, closer than the United States, so the first family gets out of, they're like, oh, the ambassadors have to be safe, and they take everybody back to the U.S., and Rosemary's like, you motherfuckers. So now I'm back in this place that made me miserable, living with these people who make me miserable. I'm not in the school I loved. I'm not with the friends I love. I was making tons of, like, advances, and now I'm back here. So I don't think it's crazy that she starts acting out. Like, she's not even 20 yet. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And she's still a fifth grader. Yeah, exactly. So she gets rebellious, and they report, the family reports that her behavior is erratic. She's hitting people. She breaks out of school a couple times. She starts to roam the streets of D.C. Like, but you like, that must be hard. You're a fifth grader with the rights and privileges society grants to I'm a 20-year-old. So, like, I don't really know how I would have acted if I could drive. My God. Um, there's also reports that she was overly sexual. Like, mm. fifth grade is about the time puberty starts. And you start figuring out. Yes, and if you're, if you're not ever given that lesson, which I'm sure they weren't, and Catholics being as prude as you've mentioned they are, I imagine that discovering their daughter masturbating was, like, an alarming thing. Mm. So all of these things stress out her parents, like, insane. The parents say... Oh, it was the Lindbergh tragedy, which, like, happened six years earlier. So, it, like, that's what you're thinking. They're like, oh, well, when there's a child who's not well-protected and part of a rich family, they're subject to predators. And, like, okay. I don't think that's enough of a reason to, like, sequester her. Like, that, that seems crazy to me, but whatever. So the parents start seeking out any surgical solutions or medical solutions they might be able to find to help... <sighs> prevent her erraticism. Can you imagine if this happened to every 13-year-old in the country? Everyone would have... The thing that yeah. occurs in the room where it happens. The womb. In the womb where... This, she literally was in the womb when it happened. So... Mm. She, nobody wants to be in that womb. Nobody wants to be in that womb. Um, it shouldn't have happened in the womb. Look at the fuck... Get your fucking arm out of my crotch. Goodbye. What is this? The fuck is this? I would take my thighs and I would break her yes. arm with my thighs. Oh my... As soon as she was like, you should cross your legs, I would be like, you have to go. I'm sorry. I, I'll do this myself. You gotta go. The father had heard of a new surgery called a prefrontal lobotomy, which was being used on people with mental disorders, obviously the LGBTQIA community, um, people who were considered too sexual, criminals, and addicts. So, give you a second to... Just ingest all that bullshit. At the time, it had only been performed for three years. 80% of that time it was performed on women. You should think again, like, if, if we're throwing overly sexual in there... So a woman who wants to have... Any sexuality yeah. is yeah. overly yeah. sexual at that time period. Like, fuck you guys. Why? Why? Uh -huh. okay, go ahead. Nobody can see me, but, like, I'm rubbing my, like, <laughs> bridge in my nose. My eyes are closed. I'm, uh, Temples okay. throbbing. Smoke flying out of her eardrum. I know. I got a, a neck... Vain. 
Oh, all right, go ahead. Evidence um, in actual medical journals, evidence shows clearly that the surgery, 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 surgery is risky, unreliable, damaging, and lethal nine percent of the time. That's a big percentage. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big percentage. If I had nine percent chance of winning the lottery, I would buy all the tickets I asked. The American Medical Association strongly advises against lobotomies. And so, armed with all of that information, the father arranges for Rosemary to go undergo a lobotomy. Obviously, the conclusion anyone would have drawn from all of that information. Uh, he also doesn't consult his wife or literally anyone else in the family. So Yeah, it's just like a, a secret. A secret. Um, it's like an elopement. It's an elopement, but, but like less fun. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh God, fuck me. Okay. Okay. It's fine. It's cool. Everything's fine. Go ahead. So in November, 1941, Rosemary's head was shaved. She was strapped to an operating table and kept awake during surgery. Doctors asked her to sing songs like God bless America, recite the Lord's prayer and tell stories as they cut into her brain. And they didn't stop because they didn't know where to stop until she went quiet. The team knew right away that that wasn't successful. You're not supposed to stop talking during brain that, surgery. Like, that means it's a problem. That's why people have to stay awake and talk to make sure you yes. don't hit a thing that you're not supposed to fucking hit. Correct. So the brain doesn't have pain receptors. And the only way we can tell like, if something... Because also everybody's neurons are like situated differently. So you kind of have to like have them awake. So you can see as you're slowly, slowly, slowly going if there's a problem being generated. So like, if you're causing issues... And they just kept cutting until she stopped talking, which is, you've already gone too far. So the team knows right away that it's not successful, and the attending nurse was so freaked out by it that she ended up quitting the profession and sought treatment. Well, also, go find that other fucking nurse and fucking beat her to a pulp. Oh my god. And the father, what the mm-hmm. fuck are you thinking? Like, so, so what if she's walking the streets of D.C.? The other, the alternative is... A lobotomy? Like, what the fuck? So, now you have to imagine this. Father's in a position where he's decided on this surgery, didn't consult anybody, and it went horribly awry. So now he has this veritable vegetable of a daughter, like, capable of sitting up and doing basal functions, like the stuff that happens Mm -hmm. in the deep back parts, but she can't speak. She's got the cognizance of a two-year-old. She's got to relearn everything. She's drooling. She can't make food for herself. So he's done irreparable damage to this poor girl. Now what do you do? When she was pretty much reasonably functional. Oh my god, absolutely. If she had stayed at the Montessori school, she would have... And like, I get it. The Blitzkrieg, like there was air raids. You want them to be safe. I'm with you. But you don't. You don't give a shit about your daughter. But then you do this? Yeah, exactly. Like... Wouldn't it be better, like, if you really are so put off by your daughter, leave her there and maybe the fucking Germans get her and then you're like, what was us? Right. Like, God. So. Oh, fuck. Uh-huh. I'm killing myself tonight. So, the way that he... I just glazed past it. Please don't. But <laughs> the way... <laughs> I expected you to glaze past it. It's just normal talk. Uh, the way it's that like he... I'm going to say I'm going to shave my legs tonight. Yeah. But I actually You shave. feel like a dolphin. The way that he handles it is that he sends her to a psychiatric hospital in Beacon, New York, which they called upstate New York, but really it's just like a mile north of New York City. Like, calm down, it's not upstate New York. Upstate. The family obviously is very confused because if your daughter slash sister just never comes home, the fuck? They were also like, Rosemary's been the same forever, so why are you sending her to a hospital now? Like, what is going on? And also, why won't you let any of us see her slash tell us where she is? 
And the father's like, oh, it's best if you don't visit her right now. She's in a state and we need her to become accustomed to her new living arrangements. And she's been acting up so much that if you go visit her, it's just going to revert her back to those old tendencies. And so let her like acclimate and get used to herself and blah, blah, blah. The, a cute joke. The Kennedys tell the rest of the world that Rosemary's off studying to be a teacher or sometimes they lie and say she's involving herself in social work. So it's, she's doing all these wonderful things. She's like, Kennedy, it's her best Eunice, Kennedy Shriver, you might know, is Rosemary's sister. Um, that's the sister that she was closest to. And she said that it was more than a decade before she found out even where her sister was. In letters to relatives, where Joe is writing, he says Rosemary is getting along quite happily, and he never mentions the surgery. After 1944, any and all mentions of Rosemary in anybody's letters just stop. Like, so I don't know if Joe Sr. was like, listen... This is what happened. Or if he was just like, I swear to God, if you put anything about her in letters, like unclear. Or maybe they all just got over it. Do you know what I mean? Well, maybe. Um, In 1948, John F. Kennedy is getting close to the presidency and Joe Sr. is like, well, they're going to dig into your history. And if they find this, I'm fucked. So instead of... But also they would have found it had your other son not died. So, like, either way, you weren't thinking mm-hmm. for your ultimate goal, was, which was to get a Kennedy in the White House. So you're an idiot. Also, I don't think the general public would have been like, oh, he would be a good candidate for president, but... His sister. His sister. I feel like he'd be a good candidate for president, except his father's, like... Thank you! A mad scientist. Exactly. Oh, Jesus H. So... Just H! <laughs> instead of being, like... I need to level with everyone. Here's what's going on. I thought this was help. I was ill-advised. I thought this would help. I was ill-advised, like... Ill-advised by your own fucking brain because every other advice told you not to. He moves her to another institution. Like, that's the solution. This guy's insane. So he takes her to Wisconsin, and that's where she's going to live for the the last 56 years of her life. Didn't her mom, like, not see her for, like, 30 years or something? Oh, we'll get there. Yes. Um... He doesn't visit her ever. Uh. Joe Sr. never goes to visit her. In 1958, John F. secretly goes to see his sister, and it's only then that he realizes, like, the severity of what has happened. It happened in 1941. Like, the fuck? So, um, when he is president, he enacts legislation for the disabled, and he does um, programs for people who have learning disabilities and stuff, which is good. Like, a good thing born of that. How do you not go home and immediately kick your father's ass? Yes. Also, didn't need to have a sister with a lobotomy to support the disabled. Could have just been your sister. Yeah. You could have had a disabled sister and supported her lovingly the whole time. Could have just done that. It's mm-hmm. fine. Um, Eunice also dedicates money from the Kennedy Foundation to research. Um, she founds Camp Shriver, which is a retreat for disabled kids. It still exists. Um, and she is a responsible party for creating the Special Olympics. So I kind of love that. Um, but again, yeah. again, maybe... Maybe Rosemary could have been in the Special Olympics if she could walk. Mm-hmm. If you didn't take out the whole prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. Just saying. And it wasn't like, when we think of surgery now, I think of like a heated scalpel cauterizing as it goes. This is literally just like a knife, just like jamming like around, hoping for the best. No plan, no map. Like, ugh. ugh. Um, their efforts, which I think is... Does she ever talk again? Uh-uh. So the efforts, she doesn't talk, she doesn't walk, like she's in a wheelchair, she kind of like mm-hmm. sits a little bit slumped. Uh, the efforts of the Kennedys do change the public perception in America of disabled people. Again, good thing. Could have been done. Multiple ways to get there. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to be this. Mm-hmm. 
Rose finally decides to visit her daughter for the first time in over 20 years. And Rosemary is not having any of it, which I love for her. Like, get it, girl. So she gets upset at the sight of her mother. She's, like, recoiling. She does not want to touch her. She's, like, screaming. She does not want this woman near her. And by the 70s, Rosemary's, like, starting to become more, uh, like, brought back into family stuff. She's being brought to vacations and, like, the family's including her again. And I do feel bad for, like, the siblings who didn't know. But, like, find out. Mm-hmm. I don't... If you just went missing, I... Especially... I'm sorry, the mother. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I don't know what kind of mother she actually was, mm-hmm. to be fair. So, she let her kids stay in her vagina for two hours. It's just a lot. Um, <sighs> her family does try their best to create, like, a supportive environment for her, aside from her mother who, like, stresses her out. a little too late. Oh, my God. And, like, what does she even understand of that? Do you know what I mean? Like... She clearly recognizes the mother, though, because, as you know, memories are stored in the hippocampus. But, like, Rosemary dies in 2005, which is, like, I didn't realize it was so recent. Um, she dies in 2005 of natural causes, and four of her living siblings were with her when she passed away. Did they, like, examine her brain? They absolutely fucking should have. I would have to imagine that if that examination was performed, it was not released publicly at the behest of the family. Like, they're loaded. They can put the kibosh well, like on any of that. like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Just to see what damage was done that, like, resulted in that. Oh, my God. Like, these doctors, how do they live with themselves? And, like, lobotomies still are not, like, nobody's doing lobotomies. You could have, like, part of a lobe removed because of tumor growth or yeah. something. But nobody's just like, well, let's see. You're kind of too much. You're a little extra. Yeah. I'm going to so need you much. to take it down. Let's oh, just sorry. keep. You, you, you like to feel pleasure in your genitals? Terrible. Oh, my God. Absolutely not. Let's just keep cutting. Keep cutting, see what happens. Jesus Christ. Oh, I know. Girl, I don't know. So, that's the story of Rosemary Kennedy. <laughs> Would you like to move forward with the Kennedy curse? Yes, please. <laughs> August 12th, 1944, Joseph P. Kennedy Jr. dies. Um, he was a U.S. Navy lieutenant, and he was killed in action during World War II while he was serving as his land-based patrol bomber. That's the the... JFK brother that yes. was supposed to be president. A um, favorite son. Mm-hmm. He was posthumously awarded with a Navy cross, and at the time of the death, his death, he was serving in a top-secret mission I didn't know. Probably fucking talking to Hitler about fucking well, sterilization. You. Just like that's... How do you be in World War II and see what the fuck Hitler has to say about it? That was in 38. Oh, uh, okay. And then 41, his sister has lobotomy, and in 44, he gets killed. Good. May 13th, 1948, Kathleen Kick Kennedy dies. Um, she's also Kathleen Agnes Cavendish, Marchioness of Hartington. Mm, mon dieu. She's 28 when she died. Her husband, Lord Hartington, was killed on active service in Belgium four months after they get married. And then Kathleen dies four, four years later in a plane crash while she's flying to the south of France on vacation with her new plane partner. Crash. Interesting. The 8th Earl Fitzwilliam. So the plane takes off at 3.30 p.m. About an hour into the flight, the radio contact is totally lost near Vienne, close to the center of some storm that's happening. The occupants go undergo 20 minutes of severe turbulence, which bounces the plane up and down as much as several thousand feet with every turbulent thrust. The fuck? Yeah. I would be terrified. Like, petrified. That's terrifying. Yeah. Thousands of feet up and down. Like, What? I guess I don't know how much normal turbulence is, to be fair, but that sounds very extreme. Well, it to seems me. like 
So I'm picturing like wavelengths. Mm-hmm. So like normal turbulence is like this, but this would be like foom, mm-hmm. foom. so it's not like as rapid, but it's deep. Yeah, it's like huge ups yeah. and downs. So it takes like, a while. Yeah. Jesus, though. So when the plane finally gets through this cloud coverage and stops with their like insane turbulence, they realize that it's the plane is now situated mid dive, moments away from impact at, to the ground. They try to pull up, but the stress of the turbulence, along with a sudden change of direction, tears off both of the wings. The engines fly off. The tail flies off. The fuselage spins to the ground a few seconds later. Lady Hardington is immediately killed, along with Fitzwilliam. Peter Townsend, which I obviously immediately thought was Princess Margaret's betrothed, but not uh, not him. And then Arthur Freeman, which is the navigator of the plane. Some people survived, and that's how we know what happened mm. and how long it happened and what was going on. Um, Kick's father is the only person not to attend the funeral. Rose, Joe. yeah, Rose refuses. She said that she had to go to the hospital, but it was for like a routine medical test. She just didn't want to go there. Rose later says that her daughter's death was God pointing a finger because Rose didn't want her daughter to marry outside of it, it was outside of the Catholic Church because the husband was a, in the Church of England and that kids would have had to have been raised there. And so the mother's like, well, serves so you right that you're dead. It's because you went against God. So, in case you're still questioning what kind of mother she is, that kind of mother, she was like, I need some, <laughs> I'm not feeling well, I can't attend my daughter's funeral. Boo, you whore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, October 3rd, 1955, Ethel Kennedy's parents, Anne and George Skakel, keep them in mind, the Skakels die. Uh, another plane crash. The private plane that they're in was going from Bridgeport, Connecticut to California and it had two crew members in it. It crashes near Union City, Oklahoma. And they think that the cause of the accident was that the aircraft lost its empennage, which was a result of some in-flight fuel explosion. Terrifying. Lots of planes. I don't have any plans to go flying anywhere. But you know what? These are all private planes and some of them flown by the plane's owners, like some of the Kennedys are flying, like, calm down. You're not a pilot. You haven't been trained. And to me, a lot of it goes back to like, well, we're perfect in every way. And every undertaking that we have is going to be perfect and we can do no wrong. And if I learn something, I've learned everything there is to know about it. And like never questioning that, like, maybe you're not cut out for this. It's fine. Um, August 9th, 1963, Patrick Bouvier Kennedy passes away. He was the infant son of John F. and Jackie Kennedy. Um, he was born premature, and he lives just 39 hours before dying from complications of hyaline membrane disease. It's also known as infantile respiratory distress syndrome. I haven't heard of it before. Um, but his father was assassinated three months after that. Can you imagine the grief of this poor woman, mm-hmm. like, having just given birth and then, like, I didn't realize that. Jackie I... fucking Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, November 22nd, 1963, the president's assassinated, like, Spoiler. Yeah, I mean, I just I just wrote that happened. Period, and I moved on. Grassy Knoll. Ugh. The babushka woman, or whatever. The black umbrella <laughs> man. Uh, June nineteenth, nineteen sixty four. Ted Kennedy survives a plane crash. Um, this is the d- same date that the U.S. Senate passes the Civil Rights Act, and Kennedy had voted in favor before rushing to the airport trying to get onto a small chartered plane. He's running late because he was trying to accept the nomination from the Senate for the uh, Democratic National Convention. And three miles from the runway, the plane flies too low, hits some trees, and crashes into an orchard. Kennedy's legislative aide, Edward Moss, and the pilot, uh, Edwin Zimney, 
did not survive the crash, but Senator Birch Bay of Indiana and his wife survive. The senator pulls his wife out of the plane and then goes back to get Kennedy from the wreckage. Kennedy is alive, but he broke three vertebrae and two ribs. He's got a collapsed lung. Later that day, Robert Kennedy tells a reporter, There are more of us than there is trouble. The Kennedys intend to stay in public life. Good luck is something you make, and bad luck is something you endure. Oh. So, just, everyone's dying. So much death. June 5th, 1968, Robert F. Kennedy dies. Um, he had just won the primaries in California, in South Dakota, and, and June 4th. And he comes out to address the consti- consti- I can't speak, constituency just after midnight. He's in the ballroom of the Ambassador Hotel in L.A. He leaves the ballroom ill-advised through the hotel kitchen, um, even though his bodyguard had been like, this is terrible, you're going to... Like, you think about a, a kitchen of any kind as, like, kind of galley. And so the thought was, if someone's going to do you harm, you're stuck. You're in a hallway. And like, there's just knives all over if the cook doesn't fucking like you. Yeah, like, so many terrible ideas. And, like, you only have one exit, so if all the paparazzi even are there, like, not a great idea. So in this crowded kitchen passageway, Kennedy turns to his left, and he shakes hands with one of the busboys. His name was Juan Romero. And at that very same time, 24-year-old Sarhan Sarhan opens true, fire. True. <laughs> Kennedy's hit three times, and five other people are also injured. Several of the passers, the people that are in his entourage, wrestle Sarhan to the ground, and as Kennedy's dying, he goes to the busboy, is everybody okay? And Romero's like, yeah, everybody's okay. Like, also probably not, but like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, Kennedy turns his head away from Romero, and he goes, everything's going to be okay. And then goes unconscious. So, like, that would be amazing last words, right? Wrong. Medical attendants arrive, and they put the sender on a stretcher, and he goes, don't lift me. And those are his last words. It's, like, not funny, but it's a little bit funny. <laughs> don't lift don't, me. Please don't pick me up. That would also be my last words. No, no. Unnecessary. Don't touch me. No. I'm, I'm way too fat for this. Let me die. <laughs> Just, I'm good. I was unconscious. I was going fine. Um, then he goes unconscious again and he undergoes this extensive neurosurgery to try to get the bullet and also bone fragments out of his brain but he's pronounced dead 28 hours after the shooting that was televised not the shooting part but like the address was televised and then he goes into the kitchen obviously is shot and then people from the ambassador hotel come back to the cameras and they're like the senator has just been shot he's on his way to get medical attention. So um, his son is watching that and just keep him in mind for later. Uh, July 18th, 1969 is Ted Kennedy's Chappaquiddick incident. Ted Kennedy. Huh. So. Oh, this is such a blanche. Bitch. So at 11.15 p.m., Kennedy leaves a party in Chappaquiddick, which is an island in Massachusetts. He's with Mary Jo Kopechny, who's 28, and his intention based on his report, because, like, we don't have a lot to go on here. Because you know why? The victims are always dead. Everyone's always dead. So he says that he's going to take Kopechny to a ferry landing so that she can get back to where she needs to go to her hotel. And, and then he was married? mm Oh. And then he's going to go to the... He gets married later, though. Don't worry. Don't worry. I thought the whole thing was he was cheating, and that's why he didn't want to be found with her. No, he's just an asshole. So he... Tries to take her to a ferry landing. Says he's going to take her to a ferry landing and then go back to the party. Every time you say ferry landing, I'm picturing, like, fairies <laughs> and, like, where they live. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, he says that he made a wrong turn onto a dirt road that led to a one-lane bridge. And because he was, like, sort of skidding around on the dirt, the car he was went wasted. off the road. Well, hold the phone also. 
An officer who was returning home from his shift that ended at midnight reports that the pair pulled intentionally up a cemetery road that was an embankment, but also dirt, but like was an uphill, which would have stopped a speeding car is my point. Mm -hmm. And they stopped there. The car stays there for long enough for the police officer to park at the base of that embankment, get out and walk toward the car before the car's lights turn on and it speeds in reverse, almost hitting the officer and speeds off in the other direction in what the officer reports as a cloud of dust. So if the officer's account is to believe, there's an entire hour missing between From his story. Yeah, Kennedy's report of what happened and the officer's report of what happened. The officer here has no reason to lie as far he's got no ties to the Kennedys, he's got no beef with the Kennedys. He didn't even know it was the Kennedy at the he time. He just wanted to go the fuck home. Like so all things to keep in mind. Kennedy and Quebecni, no matter what version you believe, skid off the bridge into Pucha, P-O-U-C-H-A, no idea, pond, and Kennedy decides he's going to swim free. So I learned on Mythbusters that if this ever happens to you, if you find yourself mid-air, roll your windows down, especially if they're electric, enough for your body to get out or open the door, because upon impact, the pressure keeps them from working, right? Or are they short circuit because they're electric? So keep that in your dome piece. Somehow Kennedy gets out and swims free. He says that he tries to rescue Kopechny from the car as it's sinking, but he was unable. Kennedy leaves the scene, and he doesn't report the crash until 10 a.m. the next morning. During that hesitation, a driver recovers Kopechny's body from the car. We'll talk about what's going on in the interim, but it's hard to talk about because there's two totally separate accounts of it. So Kennedy says that he was able to swim free, and then he goes to shore, and he starts calling Kopechny's name. What is that going to do? Even Rose and Jack reached their hands for each other. They fucking tried. He also says that he tried to dive down to reach her seven or eight times, but was unable. And then he says he rested for 15 minutes before he walked the 15-minute walk back to the cottage that he was staying in. During that time, he passes four houses and could have knocked on any of them frantically to get assistance, I'm sure. It's just after midnight. It's not that fucking late in the summertime on a beach, you know? Um, one of the occupants also reports that her house was one of the ones that he passed and her lights were on and she was awake and her phone was working and she would have been more than happy to let him in, but nobody knocked. She didn't see anybody frantically running. Like I would be screaming and bawling and like, you know, when you get like all that like anxiety and like terror and you just don't know what to do. Nah, none of that. Uh, Kennedy comes back to the cottage where the party's still going on, and instead of being like, you guys, help, I need help, emergency! No, instead of freaking the fuck out, he quietly calls his two friends over, and he's like, oh, we gotta go talk in the backseat of this rental car. So he collapses in the back all dramatic, and he's like, oh, okay, so this happened, I don't know what to do. And more like, how are we gonna save her, is like, what am I gonna do about myself and my reputation? Uh, one of the friends is like, well, you're an asshole and you're acting like an asshole. Wasn't she, like, alive in the car? Oh, girl, we'll get there. We will get there. Yes. Yes, she was. Uh, one of his friends drives over to the site of the crash to try to physically rescue Kopechny from the now overturned car, so the bottom of it is facing up. The friends jump into the pond. They try a bunch to try to get her, but the tide is rising at that time, and the current of the rising tide is really strong. So they can't get to her without being pushed back to shore. I thought it was a pond. Yeah, but... How is there a tide? That could be a massive pond. It also maybe is an inlet from the ocean. Um, so the current is really strong in this, and they can't get to her. All three of these men are lawyers, by the by. <laughs> and 
they're talking about, as they're standing around some payphone, they're talking about, like, what should we do next? I don't know. They're sort of, like, at the ferry landing. The friends made multiple insistences that the crash be reported to authorities, but Kennedy's like, no. So he dives into that same water and swims the 500 feet across to get to his hotel room, takes off his clothes, collapses in bed, and then later gets up, he puts on dry clothes, presumably takes a shower, leaves his room, he sobers up, uh asks somebody for the time, it's 2.30 in the morning. The two friends drive the rental car back to the cottage. They get into the cottage at around 2 a.m. They report. They don't tell anyone about what happened. Guys, what the fuck? If you guys, two of you, weren't able to get down there, maybe everyone together or somebody, you call the police. You start CPR. Like, get the AFib. Yeah, what the AFib. fuck? <laughs> don't get the AFib, but do get the uh, defibrillator. defibrillator. So it's just like, it's a lot. Like, why didn't anybody report anything? that There was a lot of time wasted there. When questioned by guests of the party, they say that Kennedy just must have swam back and Kopechny probably was at her hotel and everyone should just go to sleep and don't no worry about like, it. No one's like, why is this motherfucker swimming? Like, walk. <laughs> the fuck? By 7.30 a.m. Is Michael goddamn Phelps? <sighs> by 7, no, it's but a little bit Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> I but, can't! I hate everybody! By 7.30 in the morning, Kennedy is casually chatting with some <laughs> sailing race winner in the hotel that he's staying in. And then by 8 a.m., his friends had crossed over the ferry to meet him. The body is discovered by a man and a 15-year-old boy who are fishing, and they see a submerged car, and then they do the only normal thing that humans do, immediately go to the first available cottage and call the police. Police arrive 10 to 15 minutes later. It's not a large place, not a large island. Mm -hmm. The police chief tries to inspect the vehicle, but he has to call in a professional diver and get some equipment to, like, um, winch the pool, uh, the pool, the car out of the pond. Fire rescue gets there 25 minutes after the man and the boy first see it, so 10 minutes after the police get there. And Kopechny is found in the back seat. The gentleman, the diver who recovered her body from the submerged car, believed that Kopechny died from suffocation rather than from any impact or drowning. His thoughts are based on the fact that her body was in the back well of the car where there could have been an air pocket mm-hmm. formed. And because rigor mortis had set in, her hands were clasping the back seat and her face was turned upward, like trying Trying desperately to to get to that air. Mm -hmm. The inspector for the Massachusetts Registry of Motor Vehicles... Was she buckled in? Mm -mm. The inspector for the Massachusetts Registry of Motor Vehicles who inspected that crash said that parts of the roof and trunk were still dry. So it could have been an air pocket. And also, it it wasn't like fully overturned, I guess. It was like on its side. So the problem was that she couldn't open the door and that she could have been fine. He also publicly asserts that Kopechny could have probably survived if anyone had even tried remotely at all to, to get her help. help. Even yeah. if he'd walked the 15 minutes and called from the house, still would have the police mm-hmm. could have been there. Because if he would have reported, I need this, fire rescue would have been dispatched immediately. Instead of like, oh, there's a car, that could have been anything. Mm-hmm. So, long story short, he's a douche. At the hearing, Kennedy pleads guilty to leaving the scene of an accident and he gets a two-month suspended sentence. He later says that his own conduct made no sense to me at all, and that his actions were indefensible. In 1970, there's a judicial inquest that reveals that the two never meant to take the ferry, and Kennedy was driving negligently and recklessly, much too fast for the hazard of the single bridge on a dirt road in the dark, and Kennedy's license is suspended for 16 months after the crash. Well, he can't Come drive. on. For like a year and some change. When you're rich and you can have a, a driver drive And this everywhere. person is dead. She was 28, like... 28. I mean, that should at least be involuntary manslaughter. Oh my god. 
this has come up recently because there was a movie about it, um, but also Ted Kennedy just recently passed away. Uh, recently, it was 2009, but like he died of a glioblastoma, which is a malignant brain tumor. All I have to say is by Keanu Lion ass bitch. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. But weren't there like theories about like their involvement and like shenanigans and shit? Like, I think that in that hour that passed. He was trying to have get her to have her. sex, and she was saying no, and he was like, well, fuck you. And then somebody came up to the car, and he was like, get me out of here, because he's hammered also. And then drove all nuts into the river, and then he was like, I've got two options. I save her, and she reports my attempted rape, or possible rape, or I just leave and say it was an accident. And I think that in keeping with like the Their family's reputation. idea of like everything to preserve reputation. Yeah, I, ha- I thought that he was married. And that's why he was like, I can't have this woman in my, like, so at least the woman in the car, if she's dead, can't, like you said, can't say anything. So he can make up whatever story Right? Like, what? There was some sexual advances of some sort, because otherwise it makes no sense. You would have been a hero if you had accidentally skid off the road and got the ability to save her. Like, even if you called, even if you didn't physically. There would have to be something that she would say that he didn't want to be said. Yeah, exactly. So there's something. Maybe she was pregnant. Oh my god, I can't. I, I think they just met at that party. Oh, really? Like, I mean, I, that's not saying, based on what we know, it's not saying that she couldn't still have become pregnant, but like... And he's gross looking. He oh just my god. looks like an awful person. Disgusting. He's like a human marshmallow. But like an old one. He's like a bloated, angry, asshole Santa. Don't let me glioblastoma, you douche. Um... So yeah, like you were saying with when we were talking about Rosemary, she didn't do anything wrong. She's not a bad person. She never was a bad person. She tried her best, and her best was perfect. And but like that's my point. Like there's nothing wrong with her. John F. Kennedy fucking people having cheating, all the shit. Robert F. Kennedy doing some shit with Marilyn Monroe and the goddamn mafia. Like they all have something gross about them. And this poor woman just was robbed of any chance at a real life like literally at birth uh-huh. it's disgusting there's so many more i don't know how i handle it august 13th 1973 joseph p kennedy ii has a jeep crash wait we didn't get to the hot kennedy dying yet, oh no he's not dead yet okay pamela kelly kennedy. kelly is dating david kennedy which is the son of ted kennedy who we'll get to again later skakel not yet okay uh, she's 18. <laughs> I just wanted you to know that I'm keeping it in mind. Like, you talk to Skakel. Do you know the Martha, Martha Moxley case? That's why that comes up again. Does it have to do with a tennis racket or golf club? Golf club, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Pamela Kelly's dating David Kennedy, and she's 18 years old, and they go to a beach trip in Nantucket with Pam, Pam's sister, Pam. David, three of their friends, and then Joseph, who's David's older brother. Okay. On the way home, Joe is driving their Jeep, probably recklessly, because that's what the Kennedys do. And he swerves at an intersection, which flips the car. All the passengers are ejected. And then Pam wakes up in the hospital, where she is hearing from her mother that she's going to be paralyzed for the rest of her life. From the chest down, she'll never walk again, she'll never have children, and she will never live past 40. Pam passed away November 20th, 2020. And I'm happy to report she lived until she was 65, got married, and had a daughter named Paige. Um, It was a C-section, but she did carry the child. Uh, and she is survived by two young grandsons as well. So get it, Pam. She did go on to live like a good life, but fuck you, Joseph P, for your reckless driving. Ugh. I know. 
No. They're all just drinking alcohol. Oh, girl. It gets worse. Like it gets worse with the grandkids. It doesn't stay like. November 17th, 1973, Edward M. Kennedy Jr. has his right leg amputated. So technically this guy is still alive, but is his early life part of the curse? I'm going to give it to you. You let me know. At age 12, he has an osteosarcoma, so type of bone cancer, uh, diagnosed in his right leg. The leg is surgically amputated. And then in 1982, he was also supposed to... Supposed. Supposed. Supposed to board Air Florida Flight 90 which crashes into the Potomac, killing 74 people. He was delayed on the drive, and he missed the flight by just 10 minutes. Like, whatever. He missed the flight that killed 70 people. He missed the flight that killed 74 people, yes. Okay. Whatever, your weird family is cursed. Get the fuck away from us. Leave the rest of us out of this. We didn't fucking ask for this. The hell? April 25th, 1984, David A. Kennedy dies. Not Skakel, but this is the one who watched his father get shot. Or the announcement of the shooting on live TV. Mm. After that, Robert. He, yes. After that, he begins recreational drug use, and then in 1973, his girlfriend Pam is the one that gets paralyzed in the jeep accident. David suffers fractured vertebrae in that same accident and gets addicted to painkillers as well as recreational drug use that he'd already started as a result, a result of his father's death. He goes on to use. Uh, How old was he when his father died? Oh God, like seven. Oh, years so young. it was like residual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he starts using Ivy. Oh, no, he might have been older, actually. I want to say he was in, like, a like a boarding school, so, like, maybe it's high school. Uh, he starts using Ivy heroin and then goes on to graduate, yeah, that boarding school. And then he goes into Harvard College. So, like, some asshole with money shooting up heroin gets into Harvard. Meanwhile, they would have taken my application and been like, you are human garbage and just thrown it in the trash. It's fine. He drops out of Harvard, and then he just kind of, like, does what rich people do, like, hangs Lots out off. hangs out and does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> drugs. Yeah, pretty much. April 25th, 1984, he gets out of a month-long rehab um, and checks into room 107 of the Brazilian Court Hotel. Put that on our thing. Brazilian? Yeah. Like, uh, well, I think it's just called the Brazilian uh, Court. Uh, and he spends his days partying. Cool. Rehab helped. Family members call the hotel staff. Don't do this. Don't get me involved in your bullshit. Family members call the hotel staff to do a welfare check, and staff find David dead from an overdose of cocaine, Demero, which is a synthetic opioid, and Meloril, an antipsychotic. R.I.P. David. Cocaine. It's cocaine. Too. April 1st, 1991. April Fool's. Mm. I got some... Uh, I got some of your birthday in here, too. I can't, remember. I can't remember who it is. I hope it's a dick who dies on my birthday. I was like, in there I go, I know, it's your birthday. <laughs> William Kennedy Smith uh, is arrested and charged for rape. Who is he? How is he? Oh, now we're into, like, the grandkids, yeah. and I it's very hard to keep track. So Second Smith, cousin, twice removed. Yeah, honestly. Smith is 30 years old, and he's in a bar in Florida with his uncle, who is Senator Ted Kennedy, so that's the relationship. Mm. He meets Patricia Bowman, a 29-year-old, and some other woman. And according to a police interview of Bowman, Smith asks the ladies if he can have a ride back to his house. Like, he's too drunk. Can you guys, you guys are leaving anyway. Can you take me home? Then Smith and Bowman walk alongside the beach, because of course it's a waterfront home in Massachusetts. Hmm. Um, and then, of course, logically, Smith violently rapes her um, in the Kennedy compound. 
Bowman calls her friends at 4 a.m. and she's like, guys, this terrible thing has happened to me. I need help. Can somebody come pick me up? And as all good friends do, they immediately drive her to a rape crisis center and sit with her while she gets a rape kit done. Uh, I thought you were being sarcastic. No. And I thought you were going to say, they, as all good friends do, they did nothing. No, they immediately were like, absolutely, I'll come rescue you from the Kennedy compound. Like, that's kind of ballsy, because you don't know what you're going to interact with there. Uh, the rape kit documents sperm in her vagina. Also uh, reports severe pain Probably and... The cervical crypts. And bruising. Gotta be the cervical crypts. The cervical crypts are absolutely demolished. Mm. Um, in the trial, Smith agrees that he and Bowman had sex, but it was consensual. Nobody has severe, like, trauma that you're reporting pain and bruising and getting a rape kit. Like, those aren't fun. Like, if you were into rough sex, you're into rough sex, you don't go get a rape kit. Exactly. Um, Three other women testify that Smith had also sexually assaulted them, but that they were unreported incidents in the 80s. And Smith was, of course, acquitted of all charges after less than 75 minutes of deliberation. I love everything. Completely ignoring those women's... And people wonder why women don't go. Oh, bitch. December 31st, Happy New Year's, 1997. Michael Lemoyne Kennedy passes away. He dies in a skiing... Oh, I don't feel bad for this douche at all. He dies in a skiing accident in Aspen Mountain, Colorado. He's playing football on skis with several other Kennedys. And the parks patrol had been like, this is dangerous, please stop. You're not. You're looking for the ball, you're not looking where you're going. And we have other skiers, like it's not just you morons. Around 4.15 p.m., he skis right headlong into a tree, and naturally he was not wearing a helmet or any safety equipment, um, and clearly had not listened to the patrol's uh, urges that the family stop doing this ridiculous thing. He's taken to the hospital and pronounced dead at 5.50 p.m. You, sir, are an idiot. July 16, 1999. Here you go. Here's your hot Kennedy. John F. Kennedy Jr. dies. R.I.P. He was a good guy. I actually don't think he did any yeah. bad things. Like, he, even when he was in relationships, he seems to, uh, he has the appearance of being monogamous and also being very private. Like, he was very concerned about each of his girlfriends, like, their public persona and, like, they didn't ask for this. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be. Leave them alone. Yeah. yeah. They shouldn't be dragged into, like, my bullshit life because I like them. Like, that's not real. So, as a totally unrelated side note, after JFK dies... This 99? 99. After JFK dies, and then Robert Kennedy was also killed, Jackie takes the kids abroad, and she marries Aristotle Onassis, right? It's Jackie Kennedy Which Onassis. is scandalous, because she went on a boat with Aristotle Onassis when she was with JFK, because he was like, get out of here, you're stressed, and people speculate that so there was So, I will tell you, going. in The Crown, and I don't know, I haven't done enough of a dive into their relationship in particular... But in The Crown, they suggest that their handlers were drugging them regularly with both uppers and downers, depending on the occasion, so they could appear more perfect in public life. Jackie and Jackie JFK. Jackie and John, yeah. And that that might have... Like, of course, when you guys are well, both on drugs. So there is a... Um, since he had, like, whatever fucking... I have Cushing's disease in my head. That's not it. But he mm. had, like, whatever that back thing was. Yeah. He was getting regular shots of, like, what was actually meth or, like, some drug. Mm. And then Jackie starts getting them behind his back. And he gets mad, but she's like, I need to I need to be awake and I need to be able to do this, this, and this. So there was drug use, mm-hmm. but it was, like, administered by, like, a doctor. Yeah. And it, I mean, that doesn't make it okay. Like, no, it definitely not. not. What is the fucking disease here? Now let's see. I'm going to get scoliosis or something. No, it was, like, it's a not degenerative <laughs> something or other. 
Um, so Jackie starts, well, she marries this Aristotle. Aristotle Onassis is like a loaded shipping tycoon. Like he's got tons of money. When he dies, the will has $25,000 for Jackie and the kids. Like he raised them. You know what I mean? Like John F. Kennedy Jr. was like, also my health or my life insurance is more than that. Like it makes no sense. Obviously, Jackie renegotiates, and she's able to pick up an additional $20 million for the family. Good. So, no worries. That's totally unrelated, but I just okay, wait, hang on. found that and wanted to let you know. Well, he had ideas. Coronary <laughs> um, tract infections, probably because you're fucking everybody. Exactly. Clean your dick. Prostitis. Inflammation of the prost. <laughs> A duodenal ulcer. Spine and back problems. Yeah, but what the fuck? It's got a name. Crushing disease. <laughs> what is? That? It's definitely a C. Maybe if I Google illness C. <laughs> Maybe it was like cervical something earlier. No, it's definitely like a Addison's disease. Super C. <laughs> Yep, I'm just the best. A, B, C. It's easy. Addison's disease. Doesn't matter. It's, uh, no. No, I don't have it today. Takes a medicine. You're on TV. Okay. So, <laughs> in July of 1999, they take a small aircraft from Fairfield, New Jersey, um, and they are traveling with JFK Jr., his wife, and his sister-in-law, and they're attending his cousin's wedding in Hyannisport, but first they're gonna go to Martha's Vineyard to drop that sister-in-law off. And they had just like been married. It was like a really private courtship and a really private marriage, and just like they again seem like they've done nothing wrong here. So Kennedy calls airport control in Martha's Vineyard. Like he's right near the airport there. It makes me think of the TV show Wings. Oh, I remember Wings. Because they operated in those little Oh, yeah, those little tiny planes. Yeah, the little islands. I can't think of. Were they in Michigan? Or Massachusetts, I think? Michigan. So he checks in with airport control at Martha's Vineyard, but then the plane is reported missing because it should have landed and it just never landed. They find aircraft debris, including a black suitcase that belonged to Kennedy's wife. Nantucket. Um, Nantucket. I once was a man from Nantucket. Isn't that Massachusetts, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they would fly into Boston all the time. Yep, yep. Boston. Um, yeah, they find in the water a black suitcase that belonged to Kennedy's wife. Um, and at that point, with the airplane debris, they're sort of like, okay, we're not looking for survivors here. Two days later, Navy divers find parts of the shattered plane all over this whole big, broad area of the seabed. And then five days after the plane was lost, they recover the three bodies. Um, the bodies are taken by motorcade to the medical examiner's office to determine, like, what happened. Plane crash. It was a plane crash. That's what happened. Mm. The, no, it was Addison's disease. It was Addison. It was Cushing's. It was a combination of Addison's and Cushing's Addison's. Cush Addison's. <laughs> Cushison's. Um, the bodies of the... T- <laughs> Inflammation of the prost. The prost. The bodies of the two women are found strapped to their seats um, near the broken fuselage, which is, like, all twisted up. And Kennedy was still strapped to the pilot seat. So, like, they had buckled in for a crash and... Or had buckled in for, like, some turbulence, maybe, and crashed. I would always be buckled. I don't oh know. Oh, my gosh. people. The official... Because, like, is it really that problematic? 
just, it doesn't hurt. It's like, just, it's not. The official cause of the crash um, is this. Is this? Well, it's written. It's like written as like mm. cause of death for everybody. Kennedy's failure to maintain control of the plane during a descent over water at night is the result of spatial disorientation. A disorientation, and all three victims died on impact. So I, I feel better knowing that that they didn't like. I would rather die on impact. Yeah, sure. absolutely. No they fucking sharks. Well, no. like those ones that had twenty minutes of like thousand mile up and down turbulence. Goodbye. We're getting into the two thousands. Don't worry. May fourth, two thousand six. Patrick J. Kennedy crashes his car. He crashes it into a barricade at Capitol Hill at 2.45 in the morning, and people suspect that the congressman was drunk. He, he maintains that he was disoriented from prescription medications like Ambien and Fergin, which is an antihistamine. But here's the thing. Don't take sleep medication and drive. Yes. Either way. Especially with like a fault. Benadryl. A Benadryl and a... Like, Ambien? Uh-huh. You're, you're, you're at fault either way, sir. Be smart. He didn't kill anybody, which I feel good about. He was by himself driving, and he didn't kill anybody, but could have. Mm-hmm. You fucking could have. And you're a Kennedy. Like, no, be better. Sources saw Kennedy drinking prior to that crash, and <laughs> when he was, like, when police got there, they were like, sir, is everything okay? He goes, I'm late for a vote. I'm late for a vote. But, like, it's 2.45 in the morning, and last vote was six hours ago. What the fuck are you talking about? Obviously, nobody did any, like, field sobriety testing or, like, blood alcohol content levels, and they just, like, drove him home. And then the next day, Kennedy publicly admits that he is addicted to prescription meds and that he's going to put him, I almost said inject himself into rehab, but like, poor choice of words. <laughs> he's going to put himself into rehab in Minnesota. He also claims that he has no recollection whatsoever of the crash. Wing gum bag. <laughs> September 16th, 2011, Kara Kennedy dies. Um, her father is Ted Kennedy. She's the only child of uh, Ted Kennedy. And this is two years after her father dies. I don't dies. imagine he was a great father. No, I can't imagine. Also, wouldn't you always be like, someone just murdered that woman? Like, what? You didn't even try. That reminds me of Hook. I was there, and you were there, and you didn't even try. <laughs> um, Karen's done, not I got, like... I lost my marbles. Aw. <laughs> he finds them. No. Guys, it's such a movie. It really is. R.I.P. Robin Williams. Oh, I know. Kara has a fatal heart attack in a DC gym after her daily workout, so all the more reason to keep not sipping out. this wine. Uh, but she was only 51. Like, that really sucks. She was in great health. Like, mm. she, um, but yeah, she Should happen. dies of a heart attack two years after her dad dies. May 16th, 2012, Mary Richardson Kennedy dies. She was married to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., um, and they had four kids together. She was also a stepmom to his two kids from a previous marriage, which I had written originally as his two previous kids, but incorrect, you maintain your fathership yes. even after divorce. Sometimes. Exactly. On, <laughs> on May 12th, 2010, after 16 years of marriage, Kennedy's like, I gotta get out of this. I'm divorcing you. Three days later, Mary Kennedy Richardson is arrested for drunk driving, and ever since that divorce, she struggled with alcoholism and substance abuse. Um, a court also ordered, because of these problems that she has, her husband, who is fully estranged at that point, to have full but temporary custody of her kids. Richard is fo- Richardson is found dead in her home two years after the first incident, uh, and it was ruled a suicide by hanging. The autopsy report shows that there was antidepressants but nothing else in her system. Ready for some skagles? Do you Skag- remember? Remember skagles? I remember skagles. May 4th, 2018. Ethel Kennedy's nephew, Michael Skagel, 
1975 murder conviction is overturned. So Skakel was convicted of beating Martha Moxley to death with a golf club in 1975. They were both 15 at the time. He was sentenced to life in prison um, for murder, but he never stopped fighting it, obviously, because you just have infinite pools of money. And then Skakel's lawyer, Michael Sherman, was accused of Shapiro, not... Shapiro, please. Exactly. Herman Sherman Herman Shapiro. Sh- Herman Sherman. Michael Skakel's <laughs> lawyer, Herman Sherman, didn't prevent uh, present any alibi-related evidence at the trial, and that's what was used as, like, unconstitutionally excusable. The whole trial's being thrown out. There's a, like, Netflix documentary about, like, not to belabor, belabor the Martha Moxley portion of the evening. Like, this is a Kennedy day. Um, his conviction is fully overturned by the state in 2018, and the state says that they didn't have enough evidence to retry him because, like, 51... When was the murder, though? In 1975. So he was in prison the whole time? Mm-hmm. Okay. So 51 of the potential witnesses of those 17 are already dead. There's 51! Mm-hmm. Call that's the not others! Even half. The hell? That's more witnesses than some crimes have. And there's no additional forensic evidence. But, like, was the forensic evidence good enough? I mean, you got him convicted once. So, a couple questions there. That's 2018, so very, re- unfortunately, recently. Herman Sherman. Or oh, Herman who, Sherman, get it who together. Who was the prosecutor? In. Who, who would have retried him? That's what I'm going to write a letter mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. You're disgusting. Do your job. What do you get paid for? Exactly. August 1st, 2019, Saoirse Rosen Kennedy Hill dies. She's the granddaughter of Robert F. Kennedy. And she dies of an accidental overdose of methadone and ethanol toxicity, which is just like alcohol, alcohol. Uh, as well as other prescription medications. She was 22. This one is the last one, but also the saddest. You April- have not said my birthday. Oh, it's coming. April 2nd, 2020. Maeve Kennedy McKean and Maeve. her son die. McKean was with her eight-year-old son, Gideon, and they go missing while paddling a canoe near McKean's waterfront home in Maryland. Water's not good for you guys. I mean, what, no water, at what point? No planes. No, no cars. No kitchen galleys. Literally. Stop traveling. <laughs> don't exist. Just Walk turtle in. Yeah. No substance use. <sighs> Jesus H. Uh, we should have titled this Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Well, we haven't titled anything oh, yet. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in my document it's titled, so. Uh, you know, nothing's official. <laughs> Um, Working titles. Exactly. McKean took her family to Maryland to quarantine during the pandemic this year. And reports from the Natural Resources Police, which cracks me up, because didn't you, like, one time go on a date with a Natural Resources Policeman? <laughs> what even is that? Mm. They say that the two are... Well, when they got into the water in a canoe, they were trying to get a kickball, and the kickball landed in the water because of high winds. So, like... Just buy a new kickball. Yeah, leave the ball. You're rich as hell. Let it go. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, they get into a canoe. Her and her eight-year-old son. Because like, if I'm going to canoe out there, I probably would leave my eight-year-old in the water by like, the shore. You know, whatever. Um, the high winds sweep them further out into Chesapeake Bay. And fire officials get an emergency call at 4.30 p.m., from a passerby who says that he saw a woman and her son in a small canoe near the pier at Columbia Beach. Unclear how far away that is. The very last sighting of them is 10 miles south of Annapolis. So, like, they've gone a minute near Herring Bay, and searches uh, resume by boat and helicopter. They find an overturned canoe at about 7 p.m. on April 3rd. 
And after 26 hours, about 7.30 p.m., um, they call the search because of darkness, and they assume that, like, that was their canoe and they're probably dead. McKean's body is recovered on April 6th, and her son's body is recovered two days later on April 8th. Happy birthday, bitch. Also, oh, wait, 2020? Mm-hmm. Is that when um, guitar playing was happening and eyes were closed and... Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The <sighs> medical examiner reports that McKean... Uh, the cause of death was accidental drowning in the frigid and turbulent waters of Chesapeake Bay for both her and her son. So might I present to you, mm-hmm. instead of the Kennedy curse, Rosemary's revenge, your thoughts. So these are my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think 85% of these people were bad human beings Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and made poor choices and did dumb things and because there's like the curse or whatever like this was obviously a big family JFK had nine like it's bound to happen but if you're looking for it because now we're counting like oh you're by marriage and like whatever so you're bound to find bullshit if you're looking for it and, like, none of this shit has anything to do with Tecumseh. Sure fucking doesn't. What the fuck? He just wants his land back, you stupid white assholes. Like, I just don't... I... Half of them got what they deserved. I'm real fucking sorry. Mm. But, like, it's not a fucking curve. Like, they're just shitty people. They drink, and they drive, and they fly planes when they shouldn't. Like, you don't... The curse is that you're not very bright, and you make poor choices. Like... Uh, I wish Rosemary was in charge. Me too. In my mind, I was like, maybe when she had a lobotomy, like, if, like the real conspiracy theory part of my body was like, if her soul escaped and was like, you motherfuckers, I'm going to make you pay. But like nothing <laughs> didn't, like Joe Kennedy, he like went like, um, I can't remember what happened to him. He like ended up, oh, he had a stroke mm-hmm. and then he was like in a wheelchair forever and like, that's the bullshit. Like I... She was a very nice woman. Yeah. There's no reason she needs to go polluting everybody and their mother. But I think if we're going to say the Kennedy curse, to me, that sounds like absolved of all guilt. This poor family is just matters out of their own control. All these terrible well, things are happening. Well, what if the Kennedy curse isn't that? But it's like, if you are affiliated with the Kennedy or you have the last name, you're in danger, girl. You're in danger, Like, girl. <laughs> it's not a curse. It's just... They're dumb. They do dumb things. Don't be around them. And don't, like, do dumb things. But then I feel really bad for, like, that Pamela. She's 18. She just wanted to go on a beach trip with her boyfriend. And she and her boyfriend weren't the problems here. It was the idiot brother driving like an asshole. But don't hang out with the guys. Well, exactly. Um, I don't see them as victims in any way. The, the no. victims, as I see them, are... Rosemary. Rosemary, Jackie Kennedy. Yeah. And... The hop, JFK Jr. And also Pam. 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 Pam, Pam, Pam. <laughs> um, to kind of wrap it up and put like a more realistic spin on like what probably is happening, which is like where you're coming from, Patrick J. Kennedy wrote a book in 2015 and it's called A Common Struggle, a journey, a personal journey through the past and future of mental illness and addiction. And in that book, he talks about the family who has suffered greatly at the hands, all the kids, all the nine kids, suffered greatly at the hands of an overbearing patriarch. Which I think and a mother who didn't give a fuck. 
Yeah, so we're seeing it in Tiger Woods and his maladaptive behavior in adulthood because of his, perhaps partially due to his father. We saw it in Michael Jackson, who's got a whole slew of other issues, but not the least of which was an overbearing father. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. It's the Joes. mm -hmm. Curse of the Joes! Don't have a dad named Joe is the problem, Biden. Sorry about it. Ah. Um, He says that he felt that Joe Kennedy was constantly pushing for greatness and that you can only achieve greatness and perfection so much before one of two things happen. You break and you have a total, like, I can't achieve this and maybe some of the drug use and, like, substance abuse is because of that. Or you really genuinely believe that you're incapable of any downfall and so you stop short of preventive measures. Mm -hmm. And there's another book about the family that says, Joe Kennedy raised his children to believe that they were better than anyone else and that they had to win every time and at any cost. His obsessive driving ambition would influence the decisions his children made and the way that they lived their lives, and this controlling, overbearing approach would have disastrous consequences for the family over the years. So I think it's likely that everyone in this family, because of the way those two parents, Rose is not not guilty in this, handled having, raising, like supporting the kids. way they de- dealt with the death of their child. Well, mm. she deserved it. Oh my god! Like so, they're dealing with death, and then it gets worse as like one sibling dies, then the next sibling dies, and it's just like well, and, and to, trauma is like oh my god, there's a whole thing about how it's like inherited at birth. Like there's trauma well, in kids who haven't had the trauma yet. Like they have a trauma response, but the trauma happened to their parents. And can you imagine? Well, because too, there's an element of like, oh, woe is me. Your your brother was supposed to be the greatest, and. I lost my my Joe Jr. and now all I'm left with is you and you'll have to do. And, and then like, like RFK was like the third best mm-hmm. and he struggled and he was always cleaning up JFK's mess and uh. and then to find like some decades later like oh my god this thing happened to my sister and in my own struggle to be good in my parents' eyes I totally missed on all this opportunity to help her like they could have helped you know like. Uh, so I think probably the family suffered PTSD, as you're saying, like just generational and all-encompassing feelings of extreme inferiority, stress, pressure, and this like bubbling, never-ending health, mental health cesspool that they were just like living in. And I think all of that, like, that's the curse. Like, mm-hmm. you you can't break that feeling that you have to be better than you. Like, just just be, just be happy. Now, that 22-year-old that overdosed, why? Why? It might be because you're bored and because it's there. Obviously, some addiction happens that way, but also it might be because everybody expects you to be something. Because you're a Kennedy. Yeah. And when you don't want to be that, and you're just like, let me escape this reality. So, yeah, that's... (laughs) I can hear the 